0: Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. This is uh, Simon Sweetman and this is episode 40. Uh, This is uh, chat with Sean James Donnelly or SJD as he's he's better known. That seems to be the name for his solo projects and also for a band that he fronts. Um, We get talking about all of that. We basically talk through... Uh, his albums, which I think pretty much all of them are fantastic. I love him. I think he's one of my favourite musicians. So, Bit of an uh, unashamed fanboy chat there. So I visited him in his hub studio in Auckland and uh, recently and we I guess talked through his career. He's uh He's done some interesting things on the side, which I think most of his fans probably know about, but I, I sort of first discovered him as he was this, uh, uh, working with Don McGlashan, basically a member of his band. Um, he's also been a, a member of the band and a kind of producer and helper for uh, Neil Finn's Pajama um, Club album that he did with um, with his wife, so that was cool to talk about that, and and most recently he's got into doing film soundtrack work he did the score for the Richie McCaw doco and he's got a couple of other projects on the go and you know he's done all sorts of bits and pieces and then he just keeps putting out these albums every few years that are that are fantastic we talk a little bit about some of the frustrations around I don't know maybe not being uh, supported or recognized perhaps quite as he should be Um, those are my words by the way not his Um, but you'll get to hear his words this chat is, of course, uh, brought to you by Phantom Bill Stickers, and we're sponsored by LaFare for coffee and Yeasty Boys for beer, and this chat is me talking with the very talented Sean James Donnelly, SJD. So I was thinking, mate, like, I don't actually know that much about you. Mm. We've, met, we've, well, we've had a couple of good chats, I sure. think, yeah. interview-wise, we've had a couple, and I met you last year when you were um, open for an I mean, a chat, and, and we've also chatted sort of, I guess, a bit more informally online. But I really don't know, I, I, I'm i a fan of pretty much everything you've done, and I think you know that, I've, I, I sort of support your music and like it. Lovely. But, I really don't know where you came from, where yeah. you sprung up from. Mm. So that's, I thought, we could start there. Um, I For me, I remember you playing with Don McGlashan, and around that time, there was sort of... Um, a bit bubbling around about Lost Soul Music, and then yeah. I found out you'd done a record before that. So mm. I was sort of, sort of there at the start of things, mm. but I can't really recall where you sprung up from musically, so can we sure. talk about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, where did I spring up? Um, well, I, I'd always sort of been messing around with musical ideas and things in an um, almost non-musical way. I mean, I, I um, basically I probably styled myself on being a bit of an Eno non-musician, Kind of character, which is probably a grandiose way of saying what most electronic musicians are like. They don't know, yeah. how to, don't know how to play a note, basically. Mm. Um, so that was me for years, just messing around with synthesizers and things, and making newly little tunes on onto cassettes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, playing in bands that had zero ambition, mm. and um, it was not till I was about. Um, almost, you know, uh, 30, I, I, I was doing um, a radio, I was editing a radio show for a friend of mine, a radio play, and um, he couldn't pay me. He said, well, I will be able to pay you eventually, but in the meantime just mess around on. he had a thing called Soundscape which right. is sort of like a, a variant on Pro Tools you mm, know. Mm. It, come come in every day I'm not using it and just do some stuff so I m- m- basically made an album this is why I've got so many uh, easy listening records here right. is because I, I basically just cut up easy listening records and mm. made a record out of it mm. and it was called Three mm. and some people came along and said oh I quite like this can we play it on the radio and they did and that was it. That was the beginning of my career, age thirty. Yeah, yeah, my musical career.
0: So, what, um, what were you doing before that? And also, what, um, you know, when you did you have any sort of attachment to music as a listener when you were a kid? And when, Always. When did you, when, so when did you connect with it? Always.
1: I, I probably um, connected maybe when I was about. Um, I'm gonna guess I was about nine. Yeah. I mean, before that, always, always hearing things and they're having a kind of special effect on you, but but the first time I got obsessed with anything was, um, I would have been about nine years old and listening to Oxygen, and I I couldn't, I've heard Oxygen was played on an ad, it was mm. like an airline ad, mm. and it's just one of the things that, is sort of, what the, f-
0: mm.
1: why did I say fuck? Yeah. Yeah, of course, of course I am. <laughs> Uh, what the motherfucker is that? Yeah. You know, um, and and immediately I had to had to know. I found out found out, and then my mum bought. I think I got it on twenty solid gold hits the track, and then my mum, um, out of the kindness of her heart, bought the album home for me one night. Um, brought the the album home for me one night, and I just listened to it on my little portable. Mm. Basically, until I just wore it out, mm. you know.
0: Do you remember, I remember Equinox was yeah. the soundtrack to that program, Our World, Our World but I didn't, yes, yeah. you know, I didn't know that yeah. until later, like, yeah. but I remember being transfixed by that music yeah. and then after Oxygen, mm. wanting to hear more, you know, by having and finding Equinox and then it blew my mind when that part came on the record and I'm like, God, I've listened to this, Yeah, you know, I grew up with this. Exactly, yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. Yeah. Oh and I, uh, Yeah, I just it was about that age that I was definitely obsessed with electronic music and then a little bit older, I think when I was in the third form I discovered Kraftwerk and synth pop and I was yeah. just a goner, I loved that stuff all, all that stuff, Kraftwerk uh, orchestral manoeuvres in the dark, soft Cell, Depeche
0: Mode
1: mm. um, it, then Tangerine Dream and anything that was, tr- was kind of yeah, it just put me in that different
0: yeah
1: headspace. It was music that I initially loved.
0: Yeah. So you you say a non musician that was the role you were you, you identified with or you yes. know whatever. But but I of had this idea that you were a bass player by trade.
1: I became a bass player much later on. I think um, I played keyboards in bands. Not right,
0: that's what I was getting at. Yeah, I, yeah. going to say these early bands where you played. Yeah, bass yeah no, I was or, playing. Okay. I was
1: playing keyboards for okay. quite a while. Yeah. Um not well or anything but you know just maybe vaguely interestingly yeah yeah um and i think when did when did i start playing bass
0: and was that brian eno inspired too like as roxy oh no not really i don't really or? know roxy right. music
1: I, I had a friend a dear friend of mine who was an eno nutter so he exposed me to most of that, you know. And actually, took me quite a while. It's more the idea of, I, I, part of me likes the idea of Eno more than his actual music. Yes, yeah. I
0: was going to say he, he he almost sort of exists as an idea more than as a man. Yeah, yeah, way, yeah. yeah a, he's way, part
1: part man, part cloud or yes, something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a concept. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah. So um, so. That's not to say I don't really love yeah, a, yeah. a lot of it, um, but you know, the, I guess the stuff I really liked was you know My Life in the Bush of Ghosts, and yeah, actually yeah. the album I really loved most of all, all, all of his, uh, in a collaborative sense, was an album he did with a guy called John Hassel called Possible Musics, oh, yes, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Pink album, yeah. and that I, I, that's one album later on I listened
0: yeah.
1: into the ground. But anyway, when did I start playing bass? Um, probably. I'm gonna swing a wild guess and say maybe when I'm in my early 20s, you know, a little okay. bit later. So I, I, I was pretty slow. So I'm you're gonna... not supporting
0: yourself through music, you're just playing bands. Absolutely, no.
1: I trained to be a nurse, so I was working as a nurse for a while. Yeah. And then I hated that, and I probably was on the dole for a while. Just And then, like, trying to write songs uh, any which way. And, um, Playing, then picking up the guitar and playing extremely badly. I still, I'm still quite a bad guitarist, um, even now. No, it's not. The,
0: You've gone to the acoustic. Yeah, I've gone does to that show up your flaws and make you work harder, or, or is that? No, it, does, it shows up you? my flaws,
1: but doesn't necessarily make me work harder. Yeah. It just makes me curse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's not an instrument I have an affinity for particularly. I probably have more an affinity for um, either getting on the. Com- getting on to pro tours and making things happen in that environment or maybe if I have to play an instrument I'll play, probably play the piano a little bit better than I
0: yeah.
1: play the guitar yeah. or m- more naturally anyway you know sausage fingers you know, don't really, <laughs> don't really, don't really uh, lend themselves to um, to fine motor guitar <laughs> Yeah,
0: and do you play drums? you've got a drum kit over yeah, there yeah
1: I sort of vaguely play yeah. drums you know it's one of those things I, it's more like a little I find that if I play Drums for 20 minutes every day, then I can sort of play the guitar better, if that makes any sense. Like you a know, up thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To... yeah. Some of my timings, are... my timing and my pitching are kind of wobbly, yeah. You know, for a, for a musician, that those are things I have to like really make sure that they don't go too far out on a limb <laughs> with, um, you know. But
0: uh... so the three record gets made, yeah, yeah, it's a very small. Album Like, like uh, you know, it's just a couple of hundred copies of it or something like that. It's yeah, I a think CDR in the end, or whatever. But in the a, end, like well... It's a very low fi thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: probably sold about 500 copies or right. something like that. Which actually these days yeah, is yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, respectable. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> of course. course. <laughs> But But back then, it has got
0: like small, yeah. I just mean that wasn't like put onto a label and announced as a big thing. That wasn't like the heralding of you, well, was well, it? It I was think
1: a, I made about... I made it as CDRs and I'm, I probably sold about a couple of hundred CDRs. Yeah. And then it ended up being distributed through Jim's partner, um, Irene, for flavour distribution. Yeah. It probably sold about 500. And yeah. They're, they're all gone now. They don't yeah. sort of exist anymore. Yeah,
0: yeah. But it's on Bandcamp.
1: Yeah, it's on one of those.
0: Yeah. Bandcamp like or SoundCloud or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bandcamp, yeah. that's alright. Yeah. I don't
1: think I've got anything on SoundCloud. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And um, I just, um, yeah. Uh, th- then I mean, uh, it was like, oh well. I've m- I made that. I wasn't really intending to for ne- people to necessarily hear it. I just did it for my own. So next thing, I'll try and make an album that will be for people to hear. And I remember when I did three, like Gary Steele, um, saying like how he he had he used to have a shop called Beautiful Music, and he had an amazing system set up there. And you know, Gary in his acerbic way said, ah, you know, I was putting music on and listening through the the system and I put your album on and it sounded terrible, (laughs) terrible. I thought, oh, I'm not going to let that happen again. (laughs) So I went out of my way, even though it wasn't my area of expertise to try and make the next one sound as good as I could make it. Yeah.
0: And that happened because that—I mean, I—I I like that first album. I think it's really got you know uh, something happening. It's got it's got a charm about it. But but the next record is a big step up in yeah, terms of great. its overall delivery, everything like the production, yeah. the the aesthetic. Yeah, I think. The sort of entity is forming, that, isn't God it? You, at that point? like it's not just too. like I've stamped my on an album, but I've chucked a few ideas together. The, the musical entity seems to be appearing.
1: Yeah, and it's always that weird thing about how it's—is it songs? Is it instrumental? Yeah. Is it is, what the fuck is it? You yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so it's it's always it, that. It's right at that moment that I started becoming becoming very very confusing to any potential uh, yeah, yeah, fans yeah. of the music yeah. you know yeah. well, hoping that I might stay there and oh, yeah. no way you know
0: so is it around this time that you first connect with Don
1: yeah Don, no I connected with Don Yeah, before that because he played uh, Oh, hang on is he is he playing on Lost Soul Music he is he is I think he is playing please. on Lost Soul Music yeah no I met him through a mutual friend of ours John Radford the sculptor and um then don i just used to meet him up there used to be a cafe called the odeon up in auckland which Mm. was sort of a bit of a hub and um yeah I, I, i met i met him and later he said he had this idea that he was going to put a little combo together which was him playing his songs with an accordion player tatiana that's
0: right yeah
1: and um myself um doing you know loops and he, and he initially he didn't want me to use a laptop he wanted to keep laptops right out of it but i ended up sort of doing loops on a laptop and yeah. doing little crazy sync things on the synth or whatever so that was a that's how i got to work with don so that was so that early on.
0: that was when i first saw you play at any capacity was with that exact lineup that was the 2002 arts festival in the, in Wellington, in the
1: yeah
0: yeah and in fact that was not the first gig I'd ever reviewed for the paper, but one of, and it was, yeah. the, it was the very first arts festival. I got I got a call that day. Sure, oh, could you come and review the show? Nice. And it's like great. I love Don McLashie. Yeah. And then there'd been. I think I'd heard. I must have heard Lost Soul Music because I knew who you were it would I, have been that or,
1: possibly was it was possibly pre-Lost Soul Music
0: yeah right okay well I maybe I mm. heard three then because yep. Yep. I knew who you were mm. as soon as I right, well, looked at the bill and I was like oh this is going to be interesting because this guy's but you were very much just someone who was being talked about in, in my world rather than sure. yeah, fully knowing so I remember that I remember talking to David Long outside the show and it was a really cool show mm. and uh so then so then what happens from there how long do you do that for and 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 what do you get from that
1: well what I, I it was actually a really it was a really instrumental show because also there at that show being Wellington mm. were a couple of um, sachi's style um, advertising blogs. right so so uh, what happened you know a, a few weeks after that you know um, thinking oh here I am I'm just I'm just, a, I'm just muso kind of character wouldn't it be awesome if I could support my family you know mm. um, how, you know how the hell am I gonna do that
0: mm.
1: and then lo and behold I get a call from a guy called H who is the guy that um, you know I don't I'm not one of these people that believes that the universe provides Right, all yeah. us white bourgeois types. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that at all. But sometimes, arguably, it
0: already has. Yeah, yeah exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah. But I do think sometimes when things are going on in your head and in your mind psychologically, yeah. they can sometimes be reflected in your external environment. Yeah. You know, it's just part of the whole collective unconscious kind of thing. If I can, if I can be as mystical in a scientific way as possible, mm. that's happened repeatedly throughout my career when mm. I've had a need. You know. Things have, opportunities have, have arrived. Have arrived you yeah. know, and maybe I'm just lucky, or maybe that's how things work, or I don't yeah. fucking know. But that was one of those things. So suddenly, early on, around about the period of, of Lost Soul Music, I found myself, as a musician, I was able to support a family, mm. you know, one way or another, you know, by making music, whether it was playing with people, doing music for advertising, mm.
0: um, slowly building your own kind of performing recording. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, as, exactly. as the SJP yeah. brand. Yeah. 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 So, um, what's the next, I mean, the next big step as far as I can see I mean, and hear is that next album. That's really the one that, like. That's really the one that kind of introduces you properly to quite a, you know, I don't know how big, but it feels like that's the one where you fully arrive.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and
0: And there's probably one song in particular that's helps sell that
1: sound in that record. Yeah, well, super mean you're yeah. crying probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah,
0: It's a good record. I'm not saying that that's not oh, good. Oh no, but that,
1: that was, does stand that's out. It's a standout track, right? a standout track yeah. It's a out track. It's still
0: a standout song when you play it, for example. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, you know, it's a funny one that. that that's and I still...
0: talked to Victoria about the string, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we talked about that song. A bit.
1: Yeah, well you might have a different opinion on it, but <laughs> she might remember it differently. But it was a pretty great moment. No,
0: she thinks that she said how that's. Not like a giant award winning, you know, New Zealand song is beyond that. Like, why well, that's not yeah. used more, awarded, appearing yeah. on compilations, whatever. Like, she thinks it's the, the, the sort of the great, great thing.
1: I think it's, I think what it is, along with being a great song or whatever, and I do like it, it is very much an oddity. Yeah. And it has a sort of the sound more of like a lost track than it does a big swinging dick kind of your mm. hit track Superman you're crying Superman you need a rest From all the constant flying bullets
0: bouncing off your chest I would normally hold off from that horrible naff question around how do you write the songs where do they come from mm. there but, but you mentioned quite rightly and proudly that you think that's a good song Yeah. so could we sort of get somewhere in the headspace rem- I can
1: remember exactly how right. that song originated and it was a style of songwriting that I probably don't do so much anymore Mm. but around that period I used to um, you know I used to like a lot of songs would come out of like a little loop or a bit or a a part Mm. and and, and it would be almost like a little seed Mm. and the way it percolated or the way it moved around would imply uh, like a movement of some sort Mm. Um, I had it, it started with this little sound at the beginning of it uh there's a little... little bit at the mm. beginning which was a um an outtake from three a track that didn't get used for three and so I, I i just used that little loop um and everything sort of grew out of it i then i then i was strumming away and i just three chord i had the melody um i had the melody for ages um, you know it, I just following my interest, you know. Mm. Oh, this I want to have the sound a loop mm. sound of um, kids in a playground now. Mm. You know, I had this, i just chuck it in there and...
0: Mm.
1: Oh, this is the bit where it changes and I've got this little melody and, oh, I want a string arrangement. So I made a, like, a sort of a, a quasi kind of string arrangement thing there. But for, for a long time, the lyrics uh, eluded me and one of those things where... Um, quite often when I'm stuck I'll go for a drive and I just went for a drive and then they popped into my head Oh, uh, I had problems with it because there's lots of songs that already had been called Superman there was yeah. Oh Superman you know by Laurie Anderson obviously that's right um, there was that I Am I Am Superman you know which is the cover on the REM album yeah. um, Life's Rich Pageant I think that's on there mm. um, and, and more and more
0: wasn't there that dreadful one by Five for, for Fighters some
1: of that oh yeah, was that is that old? I don't think I know that one. No,
0: I think it's, I feel like it was I feel like it was mid to late nineties. Maybe it was early two thousands. Sure. Actually. Sure. I mean, was, yeah. There's a lot a lot you of you escaped that you A though, lot of mainstream yeah. music yeah, yeah. I do
1: escape just because yeah, I, I can't yeah. actually handle it, listening yeah. to it. Yeah. Um
0: no, I think it was early two
1: thousands. Yeah. And, you know, eventually when it came around to to um Victoria's string arrangement, she basically took my sort of slightly underdeveloped ideas and made them really sing in, right. the, in the track and i said oh, i just still need an introduction for it where it sits on the album it's weird going from this track into that track yes. i just need a little intro yeah and could you make it go something like <laughs> yeah. and she said what and she just wrote those notes down and then bloop, yeah. there she had it so yeah. she had my little For example, this, and she turned it into something amazing, which is Victoria all over. I was going to say
0: that's sort of what someone in that role is supposed to do, but it takes a real special person to to do that, right?
1: Victoria is a phenomenal talent, and uh, I mean typically of a lot of New Zealand artists she's full of self-doubt yes. and
0: self-deprecation self-deprecation self-doubt. and yeah.
1: and and has been put in far too many situations where she's been grossly underpaid for uh the really Providing consistently <laughs> yeah. consistently excellent work that yeah. she does yeah um you know but you know there, there are. I'm not saying everybody's like that in New Zealand, I think yeah, there's, yeah. There's a, there are all sorts, I think there are people that are, there's, there's the other type of musician which is the um, incredibly friendly, um, really, really nice, but doesn't make particularly good music yeah, type, yeah. you know, there's plenty of those types, G- that, I'm not going to mention your name.
0: GGBB, G- we call them good good guy, bad band.
1: Oh, well, there we go, yeah, there yeah. we go. It's, or it's, good girl,
0: bad band. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a,
1: yeah. There's, there's plenty of that about.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but then, but my thing, I always, you know, just just to just to put that in perspective, is that it's I, I it's always good to not, to 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 suspend your judgment a little bit because I mean I didn't really make start making good music until, you now I was in my thirties yeah, and even now I kind of go you know I look back at things I've, I've done like a year or two ago I go, what the fuck of was course I thinking, that's a pretty know? common experience yeah. though isn't yeah. it
0: like that's a pretty, you know so, I think I mean
1: this is full of digression <laughs>
0: Yeah, no that's great that's <sighs> to be. but I, I'm just I'm trying to take it back to Southern Lights so that what does that do for you like you you start playing actually shows based around that you yeah, yeah. the country you play yeah. what with you know I think you're starting to get paired with like the Phoenix Foundation and things like that yeah uh, yeah
1: yeah no that, I mean that was a good that was a good period um, just just I'm not the guy that grew up wanting to be a, like a rock star, like practising in front of the mirror or anything. Like, yeah. So there are things that I look back now about how I was as trying to front a band and how I was as a player, mm. and, and that's an area that do fill me with a lot of cringe. But um, uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, but it was good. You know, that, that album, I think that's my best-selling album still, because after that, that's when cd sales started to tail yes, off yeah, oh, down yeah, the other yeah, side yeah, of that it's
0: right at the last peak of music retail really yeah it's a thing yeah. yeah
1: i mean i have a i have a, a like a funny thing that happens in my career maybe it's really common um, where i think i still feel like i'm getting better at mm, what i do yeah. because i never because of so much that i didn't learn to do properly early on Mm. and also just the thrill of discovery and the thrill of being a a little bit artless and um and and relying a lot on beginner's mind being in a state of beginner's minds to create anything Mm. that i do I, i i slowly get better i slowly get painfully slowly get better on guitar i slowly painfully get better on the piano i slowly get better at singing Uh, At collaborating with other people and knowing what's going on. Yet, most of what people will know of me is now, whenever that was, 2004, that's you know, like 12 years
0: back. Mm,
1: mm. Actually, I bet that's a really common syndrome.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, you keep moving forward, you keep feeling like you're developing what you're doing, but really, for most people, you're just a a distant memory.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, when does Sandy come into the fold, and how do you, how does that connection happen? Because she, I mean, there's several people I feel that have um, become really important. Yeah, Sandy's to your sound Sandy's really important. She, she was them.
1: on uh, she was on Los Angeles, yes, like, yeah, know? yeah. Which um, she heard. Yeah, you know, t- people had talked about her for ages and said, oh, "Look, like, you Sandy's a really great singer," but she's does all this um, she's in this band called space suit and that kind of thing, which is crazy avant-garde music and so she's really got the she got the sense of soul, but she's also got a, a sense of exper you know, yeah. experimentation and um, you know you know, just an amazing singer and uh, performer and um, just entity in her own right yeah. on a stage. She's always you know, people are really drawn to her and I
0: remember thinking when you did the Show last year with the strings. Mm. Um, oh, I think I might have written something around this, but I remember thinking, watching her you know, most backing singers, and I, and I don't know that she's really just a backing singer, she performs that role, but she's mm. she's like a, a, an in front, backing yeah, yeah, singer yeah. But most backing singers, um, supply some kind of rudimentary percussion, mm. but she, um is not only really good at the things that she does but you can actually watch and see the kind of thought process she's going very on the thoughtful. Like, she's yeah. very
1: very thoughtful and that it's actually and, yeah. and
0: she kind of under sings and underplays and sort of you know it's mm. very correctly placed yeah yeah, yeah.
1: no she's she's a lover of good songs and she's mm. a respecter of good songs mm. Mm. and um yeah no she she's really thoughtful percussionist and she adds heaps to the sound and just a really thoughtful singer. I mean, part of me really feels I really be ought, ought to be writing more songs that she takes the lead on. Um, but then, I mean, the rest of us, and I feel like the rest of us might just disappear into the woodwork. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just, It hasn't happened. It's just some things she, she ends up taking the lead on, and it's just really great when it yeah. happens. So
0: Yeah. Mm. So then the songs from a dictaphone record comes out, and that's what three years after something like yeah that's that, that'd yeah. be right yeah. Yeah. and that's when I first interviewed you that's when I first talked to you for a piece for the listener and that record is uh, you know it was an amazing record to me when I first heard it right from when I first heard it Thanks. And, and I feel like it's uh, I like all of your stuff but I feel like that for me would be the instant go to to tell someone about all of you know, as many of the things as you're capable of, yeah. You know, become yeah. a good business card,
1: yeah. Well, it's a funny album, um, because you know, even even after um, you know, after Southern Lights, I, I, I felt like I wanted to go one better, but I, I felt like I understood what a um, a double edged sword that wanting to go one better yeah. is when I did that album because <laughs> to me, it's like a um. I don't know how many songs are in it, 11, some, mm. 10, 11 songs in it. It's like an 11-course meal where every course is something different and it makes you feel a little bit nauseous at the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's There are too many different styles of music there, right. too many different things. It's, it becomes across as a sort of a mixed metaphor. Having said that, it's a lot of people's favourite SJB. It's got, it? of
0: the, it's got a lot of obvious the highlights on it, I yeah. think, you know, yeah. I was... Um, you know, I mean, I was told my brother dropped me round here, and he said, "Oh, I saw him play, um, you know, on Waiheke and and you know, um, you know, there was, you know, he's doing sort of acoustic guitar and stuff, but he goes, he was doing a lot of the songs off that Dictaphone album, mm. which is his favourite. Mm. You know, we were sort of talking about mm. that idea that it, there are these standout tracks on yeah. there that um, have a you know, that that fitted with, that seemed to, f- you know. Be able to fit it with selected tracks from the albums that follow. followed. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, well, well they kind of they're, 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 it's a bit more it's a bit more peppy as well. Yeah. And so it's good for live. Yeah, basically, yes, that's, one that's one of that's those things probably, that happens with a live probably, yeah. band, is that if I go and hear a live, if I go and see Phoenix Foundation. I walk. There's certain songs I just really, really want to hear yeah, yeah. that aren't necessarily bitter, bitter or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but they play those songs naturally because they're upbeat and they're friend, yeah. user-friendly, and yes. people enjoy them. When but I mean, I want to hear, you know, um, like this Charming Van or something like that. Not yeah, necessarily because yeah. it's old. Yeah. You know, I like their equivalents later on, but yeah, yeah. but because the, oh, I can get lost in that track and I love and I love hearing the instrumentation, the backing vocals, and they, still yeah, just, yeah, you yeah. Know, um, they have those sort of creamy, wafty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Creamy, Texture's wafty bits.
1: Yeah. To, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> creamy bits. Uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but in general, most audiences, I don't yeah. know why it is. You'd guess, think that, you know, yeah. people, least, even the fans, they're expecting to hear the poppy kind of upbeat yeah. numbers, and they always look a little bit. Maybe that's look bored and projecting onto them, and they're not really. But yeah. you know that they, you feel like they want to hear the upbeat yeah, yeah. numbers.
0: So the dictaphone album is also the kind of like to me that's really you. I don't know if you consciously were writing these songs for this or if the form just kind of ended up appearing and, and making sense, and taking shape. But this is sort of where the the idea of SJD as a band really seems to solidify yeah. like it, was, it was there the album before and certainly obviously you went on the road with musicians yeah. but this yeah. is really the kind of start of the really great SJD band yeah no no. I
1: mean I guess I guess so because that's because um, is this where Chris comes into the phone there's a bit of time on it but mainly it's Chris yeah
0: and he's another crucial component yeah he is also, I,
1: he is definitely Chris is as he is to many projects right? as he is he, he is and part of me kind of resents that because he's so good and I want him all to myself yeah 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 on the other hand he he's a super eclectic drummer yes um he's also really he continues to be fascinated and interested in rhythm and everything yeah. that he does and a, a lot of time I'm, I'm the sort of classic frustrated drummer guy that will say oh can you play this I've got mm. this rhythm that he plays. and he'll play it this rhythm that I've somehow invent it and make it entirely his own yeah. with just subtle variations and changes yeah, and yeah. make it sound so much better. But with
0: enough of the flavour that you. Enough of exactly, and didn't exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. more
1: like a. I was thinking with this rhythm compositionally. Yes. And then you turned it into something that is like lives, oh, and, breathe, breathes. Uh, lives and breathes, yeah. you know. Yeah. He, you know, he's a great drummer, he's a great collaborator, he's a great musical thinker. Um and he makes you know, he made an invaluable um, you know uh, contribution. Well he's made an invaluable contribution ever since he's been working yeah. so
0: Yeah yeah. So that record um, does pretty well, but you say it doesn't sell as well as Son of Life, but it does pretty well in terms of it's reviewed well, it's you know I think reviewed.
1: there's some way that if you go um if you go Well, considering the drop-off in CD sales, blah, 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 in a way it sort of does better, if that makes any sense. Yeah, Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. So that's in that awkward, well, I guess we're still in it, but that's at the start of that very awkward, yeah. yeah, the decline. Decline of retail and digital is really just emerging still, and even piracy is kind of still emerging, like Mm. people are only just getting their heads around how they can rip this stuff for free if they want to. Mm. Um, So... What what hap- what happens next? I feel like the record that followed that came out a little bit quicker.
1: Yeah, it was Square was within a year. It was yeah. um, Glow speakers. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I had this idea because I was just writing so much. I'm prolific. Yeah. So, right. I write all over the place. So I just thought, well, what the hell? And just trying to make something really quickly.
0: So it wasn't so much leftovers from the. Same not, album, not at all. But just not at like all. It, it
1: was a, really. It was a collaboration with James yeah. Duncan. That's yes. what that album was. That's yeah. the most a uh, uh, proper collaboration that I've had.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, as an album and. We we they, everything started out of jams, um, with either me and James or m- me, um, and James and Chris, and um, yeah, just he, we were left with these jams. We were shaking them. Then then James went off to Berlin for a few months, and I turned them into songs. And then he came back. He helped me finish it. And to say within a year, it was done. Because I thought that's how I should work from now on. Yeah. It took. So, it was painful to make um, songs from dictaphone. It took so long to make, and you know I was obsessing about the minute, obsessing about the minutiae of it mm. for, for so long. And um, I thought I don't want to do that again. Mm. That's horrible. Mm. Um, I thought I'd just start making albums quickly, but what, of course, happened is, is, is that came out, and it really didn't do anywhere near as well as the I, as the previous. I feel
0: like that's the great undiscovered record in your <laughs> underdiscovered <laughs> yeah record yeah in your catalogue.
1: Well, there are a couple of them. I just yeah. you know I went on to then start making those kind of albums that that that, that uh, are more um, maybe that's just the thing I want to do at this moment, and I don't really care yeah, so much yeah. about trying to be, yeah, yeah. trying to cross over in some sort of way because, because you know, I'm already well into my 40s by that stage and I think that that's, that's really, really super unlikely to happen. So I'll just do it and enjoy it.
0: You, you say that, but have you had to wrestle with the frustration of, I uh, think figures you're not, whilst you're not, I feel like you're never trying to write. A big hit single but you've got songs that I feel like could have been exactly that. They're, you know, most of your material has great pop song that sticks down.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. I think that I mean that's how it feels to me. Mm. I think, what the hell's wrong with us? Why don't yeah. people like it, Why don't you like it? Is it is it me as a person that you don't that you object to or is it that um you know, is it, is it too quirky or the too much? Is it a bit too intellectual, or is it too um, complicated? Or I, 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 wouldn't have a clue. Maybe it's not good enough. Not a good enough singer. I mean, that's a lot of music these days, even indie music, full of like really, really good singers. It seems to be almost a sort of a, a thing. Um, But mostly what I come down to is if I compare anyone that's my age Mm. who's also like really good Nobody my age is in general is selling lots of albums It's it's just, it's rock and roll, rock and pop is a very youth oriented medium It always has been, I'm not even complaining because Mm -hmm. that's Mm. just the way it always has been It's not, Mm. and when you get things that are a little bit, you know, a little bit different or out of the ordinary They always just get exposed and like, you know, Bill Bill Hardy, Rock Around the Clock, you know, Mm. as many people that will go, wow, that was an amazing thing, Rock Around the Clock, I remember hearing that. Other people go, oh, who was this old guy with his Mm. little forelock, you know, Mm. singing the song? Oh, it was was classic mutton dressed up as lamb, you know, it's great when Elvis come along and he was the real thing or whatever. Mm -mm. Uh, So you can't win. It really is, it's a youth oriented medium. It should be a youth-oriented medium. That's what it's all about. Yeah. But as as these people have aged, there's an an interesting subgroup to which I Mm. belong—a very obscure subgroup (laughs) of that subgroup, which is, you know, older people still fascinated with it and still making that kind of music. Mm. Um, Don't know how I got onto that, but that's that's where that's where it went. Yeah,
0: yeah. So. So what what hap, what happens for you next? So that record's a bit of a we're at Dayglow. That's a little bit of a failure in the commercial sense, I guess, is the word. Yeah, yeah. Again, I feel like that's a record that probably got reviewed quite well. I yeah, know, I, know, I, I always get good reviews. Yeah, you do. And, and is that has is that kind of what does that mean to you? Like, is that does that mean nothing? Is that frustrating? Oh, no, 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 to, no, I
1: don't. I'm, the more I go on, the less frustrated I get with things, and the more yeah. I just accept. Yeah, this is a normal way for things to be, and you know. But
0: is it has anyone? Is it kind of even in part flattering, or has yeah, it, it super been? super flattering. You know, have you have, yeah, have you read some of the things and gone, "Wow, well, didn't actually know that about myself." That person's actually told me something. Yeah, you know, like someone might have pointed out something to you. And well, if you're not whatever,
1: if you're not a big if you're not a big seller of albums, then what else do you have? You've got. F- you've got your, your fans, you've got your audience, you've your, are, your, your, your audience, fans. Yeah. I I've got almost zero, zero connection with my fans. I don't even know who they are. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know who those people are. Well, you've got your fellow musicians. You know, they, who buoy me up. And I know some um, my fellow musicians are um, are my friends, and they're not really particularly fans of my music. And then uh, then I've got some <laughs> that are both. You know, yeah. so um, so it's for, for those people. You're making a connection to those people. You know, so I'm really interested in my, you know. What my partner thinks about my music, and I'm really interested in what you know my friends and other musicians think of my, about it. You know, and yeah. and I, of course, I'm interested in what critics think about it. You know, it, uh, um, you know what what have they got to say? And, and if I if somebody's if I get sort of damned with faint praise or whatever, I kind of mm. go, that's not, well, mm. didn't mean that. That's you have got that totally wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I'm just always curious what people... Because, you know, you always get told, oh, we don't... You know, people say, oh, don't read the reviews, right, around. No, it's bollocks. Like,
1: so I read all the reviews. Yeah, yeah exactly. All, I, I always, yeah, all, all New Zealand musicians read all the reviews. Exactly.
0: And, cause, yeah. and I, what I think, too, is that this country is so small that even if you wanted to adopt that policy, you're going to get people reading them to you, sending yeah. you them, you know, like yeah. sending you them and going, did you see what such and such said about you? So you kind of can't escape it. So...
1: There's got to be some motivation for carrying on unless you're like 660 or something like that which, yeah. which is which is basically making um, music that connects well I don't know who likes that music My but,
0: fucking, fucking neighbours I think all right, but, yeah. A hell of a
1: lot of people in fact of, by far the majority of the people yeah. like that kind of music but also like by far the majority of the people vote national and I don't know any of those people either or so. yeah, yeah.
0: Well, what drives them well, yeah, what, yeah yeah what exactly drives them what, it's just
1: like well there's these there, people here I'm sure that you know, I'm sure they're good people, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but I don't know them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and maybe like six sixty are in that position where maybe they don't read reviews or they don't care about reviews yeah. because they've got such a fantastic instant feedback yeah, from yeah. people that like their music. Yeah, which is which is great. You know, more power to them. Yeah. Or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Most of us, it's not that you, you know, mm. it's a bit of, bit of a it's a bit of a struggle mm. to even connect.
0: Mm. And mm. and
1: then this whole thing between musicians where. Um p- people maybe don't like it so much and they don't want to tell you or you know. Who knows? Yeah. So yes. <laughs> yeah. Incredibly uh, long winded answer to a short question. No no it's, Every- good. it's good. everybody reads. Everybody good. Good. reads it's, really, everybody good. Reads it's the, really
0: good to explore this hey kind Gary. of stuff and, and uh and, and, and see what you think about it. So then did is there quite a break before the next album after that? Is there I think a little bit longer, was, isn't it? About three they, or four years.
1: Yeah, it was because I did I did so uh, pajama. Did did? Oh, of course. Clubs with yeah. Neil. So what
0: was? I mean, I remember talking to you about that in a, a sort of formal capacity at the time. Yeah. I was and I was um, desperately trying to get Neil to talk to me for my book, which he wouldn't, which is fair enough um, at that particular time. So I was kind of curious about that record and. Like, I liked I like that album mm. but that that very much is a one off in his, in his career but you were what, what were you you were kind of like secret ammo in that
1: collaboration i just secret ammo in a way I mean I, I, a lot of it was I, I think most of the song ideas and bits and pieces were Neil's yeah. by far the most of it um, I was at a stage where I probably didn't want to having done Daiglo Spectres. I didn't want to go down that dancey, poppy kind of style, yeah. but that's just where they were. I mean, Neil and Sharon had been jamming together, and they had. I mean, the story is well known now, but yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. had these little um, drum and bass jams. And they asked if I wanted to sort of try remixing or do something with them and, and and I did. I just would take them and add little blips and bloops here and a little
0: Was it a nice breather for you too having having done two records quite quickly, like quicker than you'd ever done them yeah. in your own career too, just to have that
1: It was an it was a nice experience, yeah. yeah it was a nice experience. A nice it's very spoilt being in, in a, a working in a lovely studio mm-hmm. environment and being looked after and you know, one thing about Neil he's he's Neil and Sharon. I mean, they're really, really. um,
0: Everyone says they're great hosts.
1: They're great great bosses. Fantastic. uh, Great
0: bosses. Great.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. They they really are. They really are, uh, in in that way. Um,
0: And Neil has. um, Well, (laughs) you know, I was going to say like he almost has a right to. He he almost would have a right to not be like that at all if he wanted to be because I imagine he could be or has been bugged a lot over the years neil has, he's just rec- so recognizable and so yeah. so famous he wouldn't
1: mind me saying he has that side to him he, that gets oh, sure. that, that wants that gets fucked off yeah with, I'm sure. with people sort of intruding and taking the piss yeah, whatever. Wrong ways, and whatever yeah. and, but also in a like a classic musician way too when you've got an idea in your head and neil is one person who i, I can i think he, in a lot of ways he's been very fortunate and and a lot of things have gone his way in terms of his career that have put him in that position. He he's a person who had his ducks in a row for a while. Yeah, yeah. But it has to be said that to counter that, he's one of the hardest working people I know. He he will he will spend a long time getting something right with it and, and has incredible endurance for it. He's formidably musically talented. It, it, yeah. as, a, as a composer, as a singer, <laughs> as a player, he's incredible. Just, just we were just there at the crowded house we singing the other night, just oh, yeah, sitting, yeah. sitting behind Neil at uh, the guitar and he's singing beautifully. Yeah. He's just peeling off these licks and, yeah. and looking around at people and just.
0: He's such just, a great player. He, he's
1: got he's he's got one of those minds where he can be you know like talking about like patting your head rubbing your tummy mm, and, mm, and doing a jig at the same yeah, time yes. and reciting, reciting the alphabet backwards he's mm. just one of those people that can do that mm. i think maybe a lot of it was him joining split ends and really wanting you know he has that kind of earnestness to him where, where he said i really want to do a good job he yeah. it's, it's important to him that he gets up and plays live and he does a really good job because people have paid their money to come along and just, to entertain. sort of you know.
0: just thinking about it now what a what a um Charmed isn't the word, but like what a what a what a great opportunity that must have been for him to to not without its pressures, but to be a teenager yeah. who was talented and ambitious, given the platform of an existing yeah. band, but also it was a band that was slowly falling to bits and he had to step up into that very vital role immediately, which, you know, it's not like give any musician that they could do it. It takes the right it, person. It was exactly it the right person. Yeah. Exactly. He ended up being exactly the right person. To no, do there that. would have been a yeah.
1: hundred people who would have been Failed lucky so and so's to be in that position yeah, and yeah. wouldn't have been able to, to come yeah. up with the goods. And it could
0: have been the end of the bad. Yeah, and, but, and,
1: but he absolutely yeah. was able to come up with the goods. And, you know, they had that whole Luton period where they weren't making it. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I don't know, I've never asked him about this, but I just imagine him in his room the whole time practicing and practicing and yeah. practicing and practicing and just and just wanting to step up and just believing in it because mm. he was a, a real fan a massive fan of spreading right. e- yeah, yeah. r- early on yeah and he loves you know I've you know situation where we've played covers of you know um, songs of mental notes and that kind of thing yeah. and, and he he's a massive fan of yes. all that material yeah so, It
0: strike me it sort of strikes me that he was a massive fan of, but maybe not now. I don't know, but um, he was a massive fan of what Phil Judd did musically, as well as Tim. You know, it wasn't absolutely. Because uh, I think that really carried, was, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think he has a better understanding of that than maybe Tim does now. You know, like because perhaps he was in the. Well, in it's the hard because it's because hard.
1: It, 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 there's a lot of people that will go, you know, and I I don't I've never met Phil Judd. I have no, had nothing to do with him. A lot of people kind of in the same way as that. Pink Floyd sucked after Pid apparently Be- Sid yeah, Barrett yeah, left, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, Spillings was no good after Phil Judd left. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. that's that's just the kind of thing that I'm, I'm not gonna say hipsters because it's not hipsters, yeah, yeah. it's just it's train spotters, we yeah, will yeah. love to say. And it's grossly it's, unfair. It's
0: it's it's um a, an attempt at pure you know, being a purist <laughs> and it's an ill informed attempt really.
1: Neil I'm, Neil and Tim are, are both really caring mm. solid people mm. and I think that I, I'm I'm not sure that I don't know Phil but I'm, I'm not sure that he's the same no. as that I think he's a difficult person
0: I'm sure, I, mean, I don't know Phil I've talked to him I, yeah. I, I uh, you know I think he he now obviously comes with a lot of mixed baggage around mm. what he's capable of yeah. doing and what he's done but i have certainly I've always been a fan of the music that he's like created really incredible, incredible talent yeah yeah um, so, but I was thinking, like, even when, like, the gesture to me was that when Crowded House really just first formed, I know Neil took Schnell Fenster on the road as the opening act mm. for, you know, I, mm. so, I sort of, this is just my thinking, but mm. it's pretty obvious, but I just went, that's clearly a really nice gesture to make Absolutely. towards someone honouring the kind of split ends connections. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so, Pajama Party. So you end up playing some shows. You. Yep. Yeah. It goes alright. I didn't see that. I remember it being out of town the one I think they were, the Yeah, they were good. We, 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 we went, went
1: straight and out and went straight out and did gigs in America and yeah. Australia and England. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a good experience. Um, um I, I was uh, really, really sick at the time. Uh, I I was really sick when we were making the Pyjama Club album. And then um then I sort of got better and we went out to play live and I, I sort of begged almost to be in the band because I just thought it would, it would make it better yeah. if I was doing the keyboards and stuff because yeah. I do- designed all of those sounds but unfortunately I got really sick. So um, it, it, it probably shortened the life of the band a little bit. Right. Um, then then it got another sort of, um, it got it got a, an, an another breath of life. when. Um, Leon and Elroy got involved with it yeah. and it made it more the Finn family yeah, being yeah, in that yeah. kind of sense, even though I've had an identity as yeah, a, yeah, music yeah. But.
0: and so do you come back to your music with ideas from that or at least you know, uh, if not ideas from that at least some sort of surge to or where are you at with your music? I came, I came back I recovered mm.
1: and then or part of the recovery process for me was making um, *Elastic Wasteland*. Right. Yeah. And I'd always wanted to make a synth pop album. I had I'd had much more the idea I I'd want to make a synth pop album because I don't hear it. Uh, everything that get, gets called synth pop these days, to me, doesn't yes. refer to what is I think is the other glories of synth pop at all. Yeah, yeah. It's more like it seems like late eighties, early nineties kind of style synth pop. Yeah. Um, it's a kind of sound, or, or it's. Or it's Madonna, or it's I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to sure. say Don Henley, Boys of Summer, or you know, it's yeah. it's somehow they get this younger generation, fuck them, um, get this idea that you know that what's the best of the '80s? Oh, the best of the '80s is yeah, yeah, that's Duran Duran, yeah, yeah. Wham, or the fun stuff that's mm. the, the, the almost the novelty element, or and things to me that sound like um, you know what was it uh, Stock Hake and Waterman, mm-hmm. and, you know those. I could be going wildly off, off tack here, but to me the glories of synth pop are all, you know, early Depeche Mode, yeah. orchestral manoeuvres, soft cell, yeah, all those things I already mentioned.
0: Mm-mm. Human League. Yeah, I was going to say I was I was just thinking of that. I was thinking, isn't it sad that like people think of Human League for? I mean, I like these songs, but the sort of cheesy things like. But you go back to something of like being being boiled, and it's just like that's.
1: Well, if it's cheesy, it depends what you mean by cheesy, because I I think Dare is is an incredible, is an amazing album, Mm. and that's what I always thought of. I thought, nobody's done that again. Mm. Nobody has done that beautifully warm-sounding synths um, with, um, like, warm, uplifting Mm. lyrics about what it is to just be a young human being on this planet.
0: Mm.
1: And, you know, and basically... Uh, just beautiful, beautiful crisp clear sounds. Somebody got to do that again, but I didn't, I didn't do that. I ended up making *Elastic Wasteland*, which was like, like bathing in the misery, really. <laughs>
0: well, it's but you know, like well, Katie and I were listening to the album in the car just recently, driving back to Hawke's Bay from Wellington, and it was late at night, and you know, finally, Oscar's asleep in the back, and it was one of those perfect moments where we ended up, by fluke, picking the exact perfect album sure. to listen to. We both like it, we both hadn't heard it for a while. It was this really nice, still night, nice. you know, we're the only car on the road. And it kicks in, and we're listening to it, saying you know, how great it was. And we sort of each ended up having a little comment about pretty much every song. And just mm. going, and we got like three quarters of the way through and Katie's like, fuck, this is his best record. Mm. And I was like, yeah, you could totally make a case mm. for that. Like they sort of all are and you, cert- but you certainly could make a case for this one being you know I
1: certainly thought it was when I was making it yeah. I thought it was my best record yeah um, you
0: managed to get that thing I think like the opening song and there's a couple of others that do it too but I think I said something about Tukania that on that trip like it has those that kind of you managed to tap into the spirit of what some of that younger generation do with their music but I guess because you bring to it what you were just talking about an actual knowledge and and respect and reflection of the things that are informing what they're trying to do yeah because you're that much you know more aware of actually what that music is and what it represents you have that whole kind of I call it like a valedictorian kind of tone yeah that's in there but it, it has more substance than when I hear those you know Broods, Lord, naked and Famous all that sort yeah. of stuff—that are using some of those textures. Yeah. I don't get it. It just sounds like watercolor to me, and it's got no substance. It's got no yeah. no real grit.
1: Yeah, I, I have to would have to treat carefully, of course, uh, about, about that kind of stuff, um, because there's examples of of most of that music. that There's something where I think they really have nailed it. Yeah, you sure? Um, but um, but I find that in general, things that are that are synth based music it's too samey to me mm. it's really too samey mm. um, yeah I don't know I, I I have a real soft spot for that album and when I was making it I thought it was my best um, I, I was over the, the most over the moon I'd ever been about like a, a critical response to an album when mm-hmm. Nick Bollinger said he thought it was like uh, a modern day version of pink moon by nick drake right, and he, wow. just like he totally understood i, I almost consciously thought that yeah, thought when i was yeah, making it wow thought that's what it is but by that very notion doomed to a life of obscurity really. yeah yeah um and, and it, it didn't it did not have a mass appeal even so you know so uh, Got more people go- admitting that they
0: didn't like it mm-hmm. than anything I've done. Right? Wow. Um, so you say there's a record, sort of, bathing in misery. It, 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 it's a record you made and it helped you out of the funk.
1: Yes, it did. It did indeed.
0: And then Drunk the record ends up having a sort of funk or its own funk attached to it in terms yeah, of it how does. It's, it does. It's it's, it does. Received. Or I can't received.
1: listen to it. Yeah. Lots of times. It's 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 kind of it's. It's a really... It just takes me right back to a kind of a miserable time. You know, or, or not, not a miserable... Like a time when I was really trying to escape being miserable. Mm. And it's, you know, it's sad. It's, it's genuinely sad. There's some genuinely sad songs on there. Mm. But I've learnt that my thing... The things that I like in terms of electronic sounds are, are not the general... Yeah. Vibe. Yeah, people, yeah. People do not. I think people in general actually don't like synthesizers. Yeah. Most people don't like synthesizers. They don't like that sound. In the same way as people don't like fluorescent pink on their walls, or like, yeah, yeah. you know, you like to wear a yellow suit to work or whatever. That those the colours are too strange and too loud. Where well, they'll accept them is if they're contextualised by something else, like like broods or whatever. You know, you got these two. You know, beautiful young people up the front, yes. you know, singing a song, and it's contextualised in a way that people understand, so they like it. Yeah. Oh, I like, I like the rhythm, I like the presentation, I like, I like the think the feeling of being hallelujah, I'm free, or whatever. So mm. that you know, people get it and like it. Yeah. Um, and, and young people, when they hear those electronic sounds, they don't want to hear some old fucker whining away, like about being in their late 40s, yeah. you know, what it's like and hearing these weird distorted synth tones. Yeah. You know, it's not what they want. Yeah. And it's and, and the, the, the requisite, like, four listens or whatever it's going to take to get into it are just not ever going to happen yeah. In, yeah. in a million years.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. So, so what do you do? You go... You play some shows as a solo act.
1: Yeah. That
0: doesn't work.
1: I didn't enjoy it, now. No. 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 Uh, I, 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 I initially thought it had a lot of potential. Yes. Um, but the thing that I realised is that just pressing, like trying to sing songs and press buttons, is yeah. not fun.
0: Does the response to the record inform and frustrate the process of performing it live too? It must be in there somewhere.
1: Um, I guess yeah yeah there is, a, yeah. There is I, I have a default position and ask anybody who anybody who knows me is I can very very easily get on the defensive yeah and it's not good it's not good yeah. um, and it doesn't work with life because you end up sort of like apo- apologising for it or getting yeah, yeah. passive aggressive or, yes. or, or whatever yeah. and it, it's not a good way to be you, you've, you've really got to rock up to a show if you're rocking up to show with three people there, you just got to pour your heart and soul out to yeah, them and yeah. give them what they've come for.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you can't be cross at the, end, the other ones that actually... No, absolutely. And I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be cross at them, but be, with you, I but would be incredible.
1: cross at the situation. Yes, exactly. And that would come across. Yeah, yeah. And it's not good.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't mean with just you, but i say mm. it's, it's. It is a funny thing that happens. It's like you see it all the time. Yeah, comedian, anyone performing. And it's like you can't actually be mad at the people there, but that's how it ends up coming across.
1: It does, and most of them won't be mad at those people. They'll just no. be like, "Oh fuck." Yeah, they'll probably be mad at themselves. Yeah. They'll be mad at their lot, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, so, but anyway, so no.
0: So, what do you get to work on next? When do you get straight into St. John? Um, or do you, yeah, or do you, it was. Uh, it
1: was around that time I really started thinking that I was going to move toward that, and and then. Neil said have some studio time have some studio time and work on these songs I'd played them songs that had existed long before Elastic Wasteland you know guitar I was going to ask
0: because it's I mean it's another it's a really great record it's another really great record I'm sure you're proud of it Uh,
1: yeah
0: I, I feel this one again ridiculously well received I know that there are some people that have said about it and I'm sure you know this too but there are some people that have said things like it's not what I want Sean to be doing because yeah. they yeah. they've yeah. followed Songs of photo or Elastic wasteland or whatever yeah. there's other ones around there, so they think you're doing something vastly different to that but they still go it's very good
1: yeah, yeah. I, that's the f- general feeling that I get from having done it I, I had to do at least one album where I just wrote a bunch of songs that mm-hmm. were songs in a very much that a various ver- chorus songs, organi- yeah, with yeah. a real band yeah. put it out, out there sing all of it and have it be like is this something that you could listen to the whole
0: album yeah um, and I've really grown to like I liked it would have heard it I played it a lot and I feel like uh, I don't know what it is I can't really explain it beyond a real sort of prosaic encounter but I find it's a record that's been given a lot of life by being issued on vinyl it makes yeah, a lot of sense sure.
1: as a two sided yes. thing uh, yeah well yeah. That, that makes sense I mean, most of yeah. what, most of what I
0: sometimes play I play sometimes I play one side and walk away
1: yeah sure
0: a couple of hours later I nice. play the same side again yeah you know or I flip it over and play it right through just like I would listen to it if it was a CD but yeah it's it's something about it because it's a complex set of songs like arrangement wise you know, there's a lot
1: going on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that if I would, to... I mean, it's probably... It still is my favourite of my albums. I feel the most proud of it, and I feel it was the, the greatest sense of achievement with it.
0: Well, it feels, I guess, probably the most ambitious in a way.
1: Yeah. But on, on another level, there's a whole thing... Where, for example, if anybody... like, And I know the Phoenix guys, I mean, the, the High Watermark, for me for those guys is Lost Soul Music because right. that's the album that they liked yeah, yeah. and that's because of all the just crazy shit that's happening on it, and yeah, it yeah. That, that's just crazy following my imagination and going for it mm. and there's a, a, a lot more uh, artistic you know in something like St. John Divine there's a lot more artistic uh, aesthetic repression mm. where you're not you're deliberately not just following any crazy idea mm. that comes up you're going no I'm raining this in because there's something very, very different I want to achieve here and I'm maintaining control of the process all the way through,
0: mm.
1: you know. So there's that. So in a way, it could be accused of being more boring than previous things. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. And also, um, there's another way. There's another. That's
0: just our fast-consumed culture, though. Too, isn't it? This doesn't make sense to me straight away. So I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to give it. The well, rec- there's that, that. There's listen. probably the
1: element. But even just with the point that that's just more traditional. It's a more traditional. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, co- it's a record
0: out of time. Yeah, a couple
1: of people that that had not been sjd people before that that i'd got to know like afterwards or whatever one of those was um you know uh was holly T- tony ruins yeah. you know and nadia reed that yeah. they're two people that really liked that album yeah um well,
0: and could, their, I, you can see why And their, they're their they're
1: comments were uh, it's quite a traditional singer
0: songwriter album and that's what they're making yeah it's, yeah yeah so yeah. I was gonna say, you can see why they're both very good songwriters and they're also making not old-fashioned, but traditional is the right word yeah. for it. Like they're making records that almost exist out of time. Yeah, you know they don't quite. Yeah. Even though young people love them too, like it's not like they're making well, they them love rows. them
1: because those because they're young,
0: and because they're, it's because important. What, it's important. what they're hearing is real. Yeah. It's authentic. Yeah. Like it has a you know this yeah. this, this word is becoming um, increasingly important and. Um, Confused in its definition, but authenticity is the thing
1: that people look for Yeah, now. Yeah, Look, so like, it's not just because they're young. I mean, they're yeah. young. Look, we're just taking it for granted that they're formidably talented yes. and amazing songwriters yeah. and have the authenticity. Also, they're young. They're the age group, and people tend to listen to the age group, yes. you know, a lot. until they start getting older and you're either sort of, probably along lot that time you're, you're going back and listening to, to, to younger people making music. But, mm. yeah. um... Yeah, I'm going to sound like I've got a massive chip on my shoulder about it, but I'm really—I I, want to—I want to say that I feel like I don't have a chip on my shoulder about it at all. I feel like I just want to say that just seems to be the way things are, and I'm fine with it. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I accept that, and it just seems normal to me. Mm. But um, you know, uh,
0: you
1: know, going—I mean, going back to that album. It's something I wanted to do, I wanted to write a bunch of songs, and those songs, a lot of them had been floating around for five or six years yeah. previous to that, um, and uh, you know, it was a really, really great experience.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I remember talking to you last year about an incident saying, so. Uh, in my infinite wisdom what you need to do is get involved in movie soundtracks and you said mm. great I'd love to I've mm. sort of done that a little bit mm. and I would love to but it's mm. really fucking hard it's actually harder than you know taking a band on the road or making an album it's you know limited spaces sure. and, and rah 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 and um, but then you've had that experience just recently where you've worked on a, a, a pretty big film
1: yeah yeah and, and,
0: and how was that and yeah, how did that come about
1: it was a great experience well I I don't really know entirely I mean it's um, Justin Pemberton was you know there's two directors but Justin Pemberton had sort of taken over doing a lot of the um, you know put like compiling the film putting it together and it needed a composer and I, I don't know how much he was aware of what I was doing I know he got a recommend, re- recommendation from Anika. Anika had done um, soundtracks for him before but he wanted at the stage that at that stage they wanted to have like an orchestral soundtrack, Yeah. and she felt maybe that she wouldn't be able to do that. Mm. And I think she might have suggested me, and you might have gone okay. And then I heard, you know, from them, the the orchestral soundtrack didn't end up happening just because of the the way things got delayed, and there's a, there's a big. There's a lot of making a film where when they get close to the end they're still compiling it putting it together and really just aiming at a deadline and other things like music just get put to one side where they're even just trying to yeah, yeah, finish the damn film.
0: Yeah. Now, I'm such a soundtrack junkie, I'm so interested in the f- idea of film score that mm. I haven't seen this film yet but I would I see this film as soon as I found out that you were involved and I wanted to hear mm. what you mm. did the film is the Richie McCaw documentary yes. so it's been a successful film yes. it's been really successful yep. and obviously uh, it'll probably play on TV soon I imagine yep. but it'll have a life as a DVD but mm. it was really well received in the box office mm. um, obviously because it was about Richie McCaw yep. um, was the subject of interest to you or not really? I'm not not you're not a rugby guy? Not
1: really. I'm not a rugby person. Yeah. I think there are a lot of people who are making that film that went rugby people and I think yeah. that's made it a better film. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, because people didn't take the standard, you know, those standard tropes. I think they looked at it for a little like, like an alien might look at planet Earth. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: they just want to find something really peculiar and interesting about it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but, uh, but I wanted to do it you know and and seeing the 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 kind of the um rushes and bits and pieces and 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 beautifully balletic kind of slow motion loopy. I've heard that the yeah.
0: cinematography it, it is actually quite it, amazing. It, it
1: is yeah. it is an amazingly put together film and there's amazing yeah. footage in there and the, so I, I, my first thought from the first moment I saw any of it was Chariots of Sapphire.
0: Yeah.
1: And I really wanted to do a quite electronic soundtrack yeah. for it which yeah. it sort of ended up being a mixture of organic and electronic Kind of, which is my kind of area. That's, you know, that's exactly my, my that's, thing, anyway. Yeah. But to me, that's definitely the. That's the reference is Cherries of Fire.
0: Mm-hmm. And what was the process like between you and the filmmakers? Did they give you, you know,
1: carte blanche? <laughs> yeah,
0: come come back to us with some music, or did they I, really control?
1: What, what I did. What I did was is was. Um, I said. Rather than you because this is before a lot of the editing was finished, they were just putting it or compiling it um and I said rather than you just give me this this uh, a cut film with a whole lot of reference music and music and let me make a whole lot of music before I see anything and give you the music and you can cut to that mm. and um yeah they I think they really liked uh, liked doing that um and, they The advantage of doing that is they got used to the sound of it. they got used to associating the sound of that with the pictures. They were going to come back to me with some reference music that I had to replicate.
0: yeah,
1: um, it was all my music um That was the process later on. They would give me you know bits that I had to go over because I'd made a bunch of music and they'd use some bits maybe five times. I had to change it slightly so it wasn't just purely repetitive. Or you know, uh, you know, and, and they would cut it, and I'd have to you know, like do their version of the cut, and just yeah, just make it into a little, another piece of music in its own right.
0: Yeah. Was there a thought? Will there be a thought? Have you thought about releasing it as a soundtrack album, like as a download? Or? I think that
1: it was it was it was mooted at the time. The producers thought that that might be a cool thing to do. I think the reality is in, in New Zealand is nobody rests on their laurels very long. They just all of those people like like a week or two after they finish that movie will be on to the next thing.
0: Project, yeah. So
1: it's it, unless I were to drive something like that or somebody would take a real interest, I doubt that would happen. Uh-huh. Um, I think there's some music that you know would be interesting to listen to in a, in a soundtrack perspective. The the movie that I've just finished now, which is a um, Toa Fraser. Another sport, docker, yeah, <laughs> Believe it or not, um, uh, which is about uh, you know a, a combination of um, freestyle skiing and base jumping and highlining and extreme. Yeah. You know, the ex- extreme. I suppose you say extreme sport. Yeah. One aspect of it.
0: Couple of film projects, and then what, uh, are you working on another album at the yeah. moment? You, you're obviously you're a guy who's always writing.
1: Yeah, well, uh, um, yeah, plans? I've got another. Yeah, I've the two threads that have converged on this album is basically I made I've, I demoed about nine or ten songs for the album. Then I had to stop doing that to make the film soundtracks. Yeah. So I'm going back to it, and I'm going, what the hell are these things? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like, what on earth is this crap? Um, another thing that I've been doing is um, just there was a little break and I started writing um, I guess you call it setting but I feel like writing is more what it is mm. um, I've asked some poets some Wellington poets to send me their second drawdown stuff the stuff that they had lying around or whatever yeah. Ashley Young is yeah. one of them uh, Bill Manhire, yeah. Um, Damon Wilkins yeah. um, James Brown has just given me some stuff now cool. and I'm sure I'm hoping there's going to be some more yeah cool and and turning them into songs. Yeah, cool. And it, that had got that exceeded my expectations and how well that's yeah. done. So it's probably so probably making an album. I will be using the best of those things that I'd written plus a couple of those settings. Yeah. Of, and and then maybe writing some more
0: things. Wow, too. wow. And we didn't. I wanted to touch on um, the the fake John Divide show you did with Strugs, mm. which was which was glorious to see. How was that for you?
1: a musical highlight I mean yeah. you know, I, look, I kept looking back and thinking I could have done so much better <laughs> but it almost didn't matter it just yeah. I just had to it, it just was a matter of being there
0: yeah
1: I just really felt the Wellington one the Auckland one we did another one in Nelson I was just so proud to be yeah. there as part of that show and so proud of those songs and so proud of how it sounded I don't know. I mean, uh, pe- uh, you know, lots of people have done it. Lots of people yeah, have done yeah. Their, yeah, yeah. done songs with strings, so it wasn't that unusual. Well, yeah. yeah, but yeah, just it felt it like a real happening. It
0: felt yeah, exactly. that's what it sort of felt like big in the audience. It felt really special. Um, so live shows—is that just something that you're gonna do around albums? Like, or, you know, like you got Yeah, I, to, I
1: never know from I never know from album to album. I mean, yeah. the new thing that I've discovered. Just actually, initially from going on tour with Anika, is just how much I enjoy playing solo. Mm. It's not mm. something I've really done, and I'm, I've mm. still got training wheels on that. Yeah, I
0: thought exchange. that worked really well. It felt like, uh, I mean, I just saw that one time, and I thought, this is something that you're new to. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, you, that you. I mean, it seemed to get better and better as that little set went on, too, yeah. even, you know, like yeah. it was just, you know.
1: Yeah, no, it's like it's most it has that has that it pretty much has that contour every time I come on, and, and it's a little bit wobbly, a little <laughs> But like, yeah, I'm sure you going to go. But
0: I'm sure you've enjoyed getting to know the songs, yeah, stripped back. Maybe yeah. you, maybe you knew them that way first, and we didn't know that. But do you know what I mean? It's a like bit. it's a, a little bit, but a it's little like bit. you're rediscovering them too.
1: It's just them. it's just the, to me the tremendous potential in it, and and I go up there and I think well. If I really put my heart and soul into this, and then got a, you know tried to get a bit better at it, yeah. it could be a thing, you know, yeah. rather than just a little, little oh, you turn up because that's what you do. Yeah, it not a kind of interesting little um, offshoot. I feel like I could make an album that was based around acoustic songs and small. Yeah. And there's this temptation to like scrub everything that I'm doing for this next album and actually do that because I've got a couple of songs that would suit that and just yeah. make an album that was that like, small, yeah. acoustic, just quiet album
0: yeah.
1: and go out and present it in that way either with myself or with one other musician or whatever. Vantages of that, are, it's cheap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's cheap to put on. And also there's that thing where you don't have to play the peppy fast song you can just have it all sitting back and people will just hear inside the songs mm. and hear you know it's like going into a room and shining a torch around and it just see little features that, that you, you don't normally get to hear because they get squashed over the drum and in into the drums or the bass or the mix or
0: mm-hmm.
1: whatever so
0: here's a here's a, a horribly Lame question to nearly end on, so I'll think of something afterwards. But are you happy? Are you happy doing this stuff? Does this Does stuff contribute to a happiness for you? Yeah, I think so. I don't think that's a
1: lame question at all. I think it's a question that every musician longs to hear. Really, I mean, because because there's a weird thing about being a you musician know, making music. Mm. I mean you know, I, I'm one of the privileged people. I don't ever have hits. I've never had a hit. Yeah. But I'm one of the privileged people that can still survive and make my music. Yeah, you, you have a
0: career, it's a job. And
1: and so when I'm doing it, it makes me incredibly happy. I think the times that I'm not so happy and maybe the times that I can't do it or I'm not doing it. Or it's not doing it for
0: you. Or it's <laughs> yeah. not doing it for me maybe.
1: Yeah. I get to meet so many amazing people, I get yeah. to collaborate, I get to think of an idea and do it and and usually there's some way that I can oh what a horrible word but monetize it I'm able to think it's a necessary yeah I'm I'm able to do something that I Mm. can get some money back support myself support my family buy the odd synth every now and then (laughs) yeah you know um but you know but I'm a melancholic person yeah so I'm not always happy yeah um, Do you
0: understand that about yourself? I understand like,
1: that about yeah, myself. It's not, and, and and there's a way that that really contributes to my art and, yeah. and does what. It, I don't
0: know if that's exactly half the battle, but it's a crucial component to know, isn't
1: it? Like, well, I think you know. I used to work as a as a mental health nurse, so I know that the, one of the big deals with anybody who suffers, you know, yeah. poor mental health, and and the, by far the majority of us, it's depression. Yeah. And thank Christ, we've got the New Zealand Music Foundation and stuff that are doing work in that area now. Mm, mm. Um, but a, a big thing that contributes to you getting better, and I, 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 I say that in inverted commas because I don't yes. know how else to say it, is having an insight into your mm. condition and having an insight. And most people that I know, the, the people that I relate to, musicians, yeah. artists, ha- have a battle, They have yeah. the same battle that I do in yeah. Yeah. And, and, and one way or another. Maybe they don't have it you as often or maybe they have it twice as often or before. maybe they're always in it, but... Um, it's there. It's there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, tell me, will the Bellbird Delve ever yeah. come out? Yeah, I certainly
1: certainly hope so? We, we just made it difficult for ourselves to complete yeah. that. Um, we recorded a bunch of songs. They were good songs. Um, the way I can I contributed to it not being out is that I'm incredibly mercurial in that way, and that that I've done something. I have to move on to the next thing, and it's really super hard for me to go back. Yeah. Um, so we, we we three quarters finished it,
0: and then things
1: got held up for a while, and it was really, really hard for me to go back. And I just went on and made another album. Yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, those there's some good songs on there. Like, yeah. Good songs, good performances. Some good players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I I really hope it might be one of those crazy things that comes out like ten years later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. then. You know, anybody. I apologise to anybody in the billboards here. So to this. Uh, and, you know, I'll get straight onto it. You just say the word, I'll get straight onto it.
0: Yeah. Um, now, I've got friends waiting to pick me up outside, so we're gonna cut this short. But every time I've talked to you, we haven't done it very much this time. But every other time I've talked to you, what I've enjoyed is we've ended up. Well, I guess we sort of did beforehand off tape, but we've talked a lot about music, about Mm. other music that we're listening to that we like, and I enjoyed it about you. So is that something that's still very much... You're you're looking for things to want to like? Always looking for things. Yeah. But there's a natural contour
1: when you're making your own music. I don't know if other musicians are the same, but... Yes. You really... It's quite narcissistic in that way, is that I really listen to my own music. Yeah. Because I'm just trying to get a sense of it and to improve it, not
0: repeat it. To obviously, maybe whatever whatever, you know, all those those
1: things. Yeah. Um. So or
0: repeat the things that
1: work. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So what will happen is that when probably I'll I'll get through this next album and then I'll take a bit of a break and then I will listen to a lot more. Yeah. There are always new things. I'm, I'm much more now. Um. Go. I like that song and I won't necessarily follow up on the entire career of an artist and yeah, hear yeah. everything they've ever done. I go, I just like that thing. Yeah. Um, that that's, does it, that does it for me.
0: That's kinda of happening a little bit to me now too. Like I I, I still like the the reinforced context of an album, mm. but I'm quite happy to just cherry pick one album from a person where before I wanted to hear every mistake they made as well as every hit. Yeah, and, yeah. And and, and it's kinda of like who's got the time for that now, I think.
1: Well you you don't and I don't think I think the, the in general, um, there are glorious exceptions. Yeah. But in general, people don't make consistent albums like they used to. Yeah. As as an incredibly broad generalisation, um, and then again, also it's the more I make music, the harder it is for me to be surprised by something. The harder it is for me to go what the what you know just be literally stopped in my tracks. Yeah. The more I can hear how something works, how something constructed, yeah, um, and so it, it takes me less listens to hear yeah. where something's at.
0: Well, can you do me a favour? Can we do this again some other time, and we'll just talk sure. all about other music. Eps,
1: Abs- yeah, I'd love to. I'd love you'd, to do
0: that. I don't know if you'd enjoy that more, possibly, I but might possibly. You, ha- ha- has, I has, might... it, has it been okay going wandering through all these albums?
1: Yeah, no, I think it has. I feel like. Um, I feel like it was a bit vague in places, but, um, but you know.
0: I, I have tremendous respect for you and your music and you know, I value you, know, you taking the time. Thanks, for the that check. was real fun.
1: Mm-hmm.